The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsboro Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new Sommelier Interior Edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine inconsequential episode of the wine fellers ever it's our semi-biannual is that wine beer or the name of a strain of marijuana episode listen intently as my good feller mark and i will discuss the importance of creative naming in order to get your favorite millennial to purchase your bottle of wine can of beer or strain of marijuana so expect to be aroused entangled and thrilled But that's during the second half of our show. During the first half, we will begin to listen to some vintage wine commercials and get into the imperative and essential wine news. All on this week's very special Is That Wine, Beer, or the Name of a Strain of Marijuana episode of The Wine Fellers. But first, my good feller Mark has a very important announcement. That's right, Joe. Last week, we proudly mentioned our newest sponsor, Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974. As it turns out, our station manager, Mr. Robbie Buckman, informed me last week that yesterday and today, uh, Frame Shop was considering sponsoring the Winefellers, but has not, as of yet, made a final decision. And more to the point, Robert has yet to receive any check from said Frame Shop. So while yesterday and today Frame Shop has been framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974, we are at this time unsure whether this business will be proudly sponsoring <laughs> the Wine Fellers. 
Mark and I are getting so sick and tired of our station manager, Robbie Buckman, constantly saying to us, show me the money that we are begging you to please consider sponsoring the Winefellers. What are we drinking today, Mark? Rum. 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 Excellent job, Mark. Rum. <laughs> Little post-production there. Uh-huh. I like that. Hey, how you doing? How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing fantastic. It's so good to see you. This is going to be the best episode ever. I hate that you write these lines down, and today it was on the most meaningfully inconsequential episode of The Wine Pellers. I don't feel that way. Well, no, I thought it best described how... Uh, this show is going to go because it is meaningful. But then again, <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of things, it is quite inconsequential. Oh, I'm just trying to call a spade a spade. <laughs> but what are we pouring? <laughs> Wait, you're asking me? Yes. Oh, we, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm so used to you bringing in the wine. So, right. What have I got? Uh, well, uh, I have um, I have some Bacardi Silver. Oh. Okay, I have some rum here today. You do have rum. I I'm have looking rum. at it now. Last week, Mark, we received a call from a listener who asked, uh, what wine should I drink when I travel to Cuba? I remember. Right? And at that time, you and I couldn't think of any Cuban wines <laughs> off the top of our heads. And we actually dropped and, the whole show to answer this guy's call. Yeah, I know. And like, here we are, the wine fellers, can't even answer a simple question about wines in Cuba. Well, I really it, didn't know. <laughs> it turns out we had a good excuse, Mark. Oh, did we? There is no such thing as Cuban wine. Aha! <laughs> now, sure. There have been a few government-backed programs in the country aimed at... And I've learned this, Mark. I had to look into this for this uh, fan and caller of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought in... The government brought in a bunch of non-native grapevines and kept them alive, barely alive, long enough to produce what can technically be called Cuban wine. Okay. Perhaps the popular saying among the Cuban people, which is true, uh, I learned this as well, summarizes the sad state of wine affairs best in the country. And it goes like this. <laughs> our wine may be sour, but it is our wine. Oh. I mean, now that, you know, it, the Cuban people, according to uh, uh, many accounts, yeah. like, like any other people in the world, are proud of yes. their heritage, of their culture, of, mm -hmm. but... Jeez, they apparently cannot make wine. There's so something is going on with the soil, and they just can't grow a grape. <laughs> Something's up. So okay. um, I came across that little uh, Cuban saying at the beginning of my research into Cuban wines. Mm -hmm. It was not a good sign of things Probably to come. Probably not. Right. So while the rest of the world has had winemaking traditions dating back thousands of years, Cuba climbed into the ring about 15 years ago. <laughs> That's when these uh, companies brought in yeah. these grapevines uh -huh. on you know, behalf of the Cuban government. So there, uh, uh, most of that wine being sold to American tourists. Okay. All right. Sure. Now, Kara Newman, writer for Wine Enthusiast, recently traveled to Cuba. This is in, uh, I believe, October of last year okay. and made some interesting observations. I hadn't thought about this, Mark. Okay. Um, she reminds travelers that climate-controlled wine storage is rare in the country. I would imagine. And that's a big challenge. Yes. All right. She said it's not an airbrushed uh, Disneyland. D yeah, and, I don't think it is. And, but, uh, you know, among the, you know, uh, graffitied buildings and you know, dilapidated alleys, she's like, it has this very wonderful charm. Sure, sure. But uh, th there's 
No one has wine refrigeration units. Yes, I mean it's probably very. Not, I mean, and it's a hot country. You know, it's a warm country. Okay? Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, she recommends for she says for now beer or rum is your best bet for a reliably good drink. So to answer our caller's question from last week, I have found the wine to drink when you travel to Cuba, and that wine is rum via sugar cane <laughs> now thank, thank you joe that's yeah. really interesting Before, i learned a lot actually well thank you mark you know i I did some digging, and, there, and I'm glad to know that, that there's a reason we couldn't come up with a name. Now, before making our official Winefeller's recommendation, uh, I feel it's an absolute necessity for both of us to try this stuff ourselves That's right. first. Mm-hmm. So I've returned this week with this Bacardi rum I see it in front and of a Cuban sandwich. Ooh. Pairing. I like this. Oh, I like Cuban sandwiches. This now, is a good pairing. Now, uh, Mark. Um, Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Let's cheers. Cheers, and I've mixed this uh, rum with uh, some lime seltzer to go for a, I guess, a impromptu Winefeller's mojito. Wow, you've really dressed this up. Well, this is really <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you for pouring this. Thank you for mm. getting the rum and the sandwich. My and pleasure. And teaching me so much about uh, rum. Mm. And, and uh, very nice, very good. A little bit about uh, Cuba there. Now, this sandwich has what is it? Ham, pickles. I love sandwiches, Mark. Yes, and I love Cuban sandwiches, and uh, I think this one is from Bonafide, which is in town. Lots of great sandwiches uh, places in town. I had a good sandwich with you the other day. That's right. So, Joe, that's right. I forgot about (laughs) that. I mean, we've been eating a lot of sandwiches together recently. Joe and I don't usually eat uh, lunch together. Um, we like to treat, try to keep our which show. Which is a shame. I know. We try to keep our show fresh. So we try to not look at each other and not talk to each other for for a week until we come on the show. But this time- It's not have, that hard to do. Yeah. But this, <laughs> this, this time is that we said, heck with it. We're going to eat lunch together. We had a little bit of extra time. So uh, we went to a local restaurant and- uh, Sandwich they, shop. Sandwich shop. And they have- Serve a couple different things. They serve a lot of things. Great food. It's very good. And uh, they serve like gyros and they serve- um, <laughs> We- we have been to this place. Um, it's one of our favorite restaurants. In it's fact. one of our favorite, and it's been there forever. Been going there for years, and we 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 we've been going there literally for years. We have, yes, and, and so and it hasn't changed in years until <laughs> last week. And it was walking into like lights of Disneyland. <laughs> I I did. I felt like I walked into like an amusement park. It was it was strange. And so we walked. You know, just, we, we couldn't put our, our finger on a regular first. you know hole in the wall restaurant which serves great food. And th- all of a sudden there was these bright LCD TVs. All Gi- like pl- five giant TVs. I'm talking like sixty inch LCD televisions. Five of them lined up, flashing, changing menus at you. Menus and then all these signs and. And uh, oh, it just—it was unbelievable. I was like, "Well, we had to, th- we had to like, <laughs> you know, kind of walk out of the restaurant. Like, am I in the right place?" <laughs> well, they, you know, and same guys are working there. Same guys, right? And hey, uh, hey, and they're like, "Good to see you again. Yeah, great." Yeah, and I'm, great. we're like, uh, you know, I'm having to look at their m- new menus again. And I was like, "Look, can I just get a, you know, s- uh, steak sandwich?" Yeah, we just ended up being know, the same thing that we like: steak and cheese. Yes, we usually do. Um, and uh, sure, no problem. They got that going. I got some fries with mm-hmm. it. You know, drink. And we were up, uh, this is when things started cluing in for us, right? We went up to the cash register. And right next to the cash register. We had just ordered food. And right. what did this, what did we notice there, Mark? Well, we were, out, we were about to pay, and then right next to the cash register is a giant uh, fried chicken display. It's brand new. Brand new. Yeah. Which is interesting because this place, as far as I know, it hasn't served fried chicken before. No, no. And and it, it was awkward there it was too big for that space well, I, just, I just couldn't figure it out and and what did the guy well we guy well say? right he sees us eyeing it like uh-huh. what the hell's this right and um he says 
Uh, are you guys, is that okay what I just did? Yeah. Okay. You can do that. Are, he says, <clears throat> are you guys a fan yeah. of the fried chicken? That's right. And that's when I knew something was amiss. Yes. That was just because as we were, we already purchased our meal. We'd already purchased the meal and uh, whatever. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you guys served chicken. He said, well, we started serving it a few weeks ago. Right. And he was like, would you care to purchase some? <laughs> well, we thought about it, seriously thought about it, but you know, I had already had my I, I could in see my me. food being prepared. Yeah, right like, there. you know, I had, I had enough food. And I said no, thank you. So we sat down, and he gave us. Well, yeah, we got a brochure. He gave us a on brochure. the fried chicken, he, really pushing the fried chicken at the end there. And the brochure was called crispy, crunchy chicken, chicken, crispy, crunchy chicken. Now, Mark and I, being the inquisitive, dully inquisitive uh, individuals we are, sat down and and had to look up this crispy crunchy chicken right what is what is going on here as he walked out and brought us a free sample of fried chicken well he saw us looking at the brochure right. the, and these are are, are you know, these guys run a tight business they do They're, it's thin profit margins with e- any restaurant you don't even get an extra napkin you, <laughs> you don't. get well you get one napkin that's right and i and i firmly believe in you know preserving the earth being green and mm-hmm. i shouldn't use eight napkins when i eat my meal if i can right. use one i should use one yes and there i think in some ways doing some services with that but okay. so we, yeah, so we so he people who don't even they don't give you two napkins they give us, us walk out with a free piece of fried chicken right so and, now we're getting really suspicious oh yeah and Mark looks up on his phone crispy crunchy chicken and what is crispy crunchy chicken Mark well it's what it is it is a <laughs> how do I describe <laughs> it it's a franchise system yes, that's usually right. typically franchised to convenience stores and it is based on the model of impulse buy chicken those were their words yeah it's it's for people who buy chicken on fried chicken on impulse and you should and, and i'm sure it works and it's installed in how many restaurants or gas stations across the country yeah, it's mostly convenience stores as far as i can tell and it's thousands it, right. it's in thousands and it makes sense like you got some gas and you're going to pay for your gas and here's some fried chicken right at the hut at the good the, fried chicken right right where you're check, check because it out. was good chicken yeah it was good chicken but we just it just didn't seem to fit with everything well, else. To well, me. first off, well, you found out that you pay uh, for the entire crispy chicken setup. Yeah. It can be as much as $70,000. I think you lease it or something. Right. And so and, and the they pro- give you the signs and they give you all the ch- in the chicken paraphernalia yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's like you need. there are like flags on the street. Now I, mean, I can it was, see it working in a gas station yeah. because you're buying gas or you're buying maybe some beer or wine or ice and then there's some fried chicken on the way out. You're heading home. Sure, I'm gonna get some fried chicken for dinner, but impulse buy chicken works in that environment. It does. It does not work at the end of essentially your lunch line. But we're still gonna go back there. We're, we're going back. I love the idea. I want to go in, I think, give them some of this feedback. Yes. They should put the chicken at the front of the line. <laughs> yes, that's I mean, it's not, a big, it's not a big change. I think it's great that or, they've yeah. done this, but it needs to move to the or, front. Or become a chicken store or something. Or just a chicken store. Mark, uh, I, I'm glad you're enjoying the sandwich. It's I'm great. glad you're enjoying the rum. It's fantastic to be here with you. We got lots of fun stuff lined up. Don't go anywhere. Young lovers, won't you try some good cold Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill? Oh, how yeah, nice. Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill. It captures the taste of fresh strawberries. Now, doesn't that wine taste good? You're right, Grandma. Delicious. Where'd you go? Look, she left the Strawberry Hill. 
and it's Strawberry Hill forever. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Winefellers News, are you excited that more and more states are legalizing marijuana? Well, stop right there, young feller, because you shouldn't be. Are you sick and tired of drinking juice out of a juice box? Sounds like you need to start drinking vodka out of a vodka box. Are you confused by your state's alcoholic beverage laws? Well, whatever you do, don't move to Utah. That and more on the news, Mark. The news. The U.S. wine industry is poised for another banner year in 2017. Sales are projected to rise by as much as 6%, and the total harvest in California should climb 7% to nearly 4 million tons crushed. And finally, the coveted millennial generation is increasingly paying more for wines. Finally. Finally. This looks good. Despite this good news for the wine industry, treble seems to be around the corner. Whoa. In the form of marijuana. Dun, dun, dun. Weed. Ooh. Ganja. Hmm. Art supplies. <laughs> laughing grass. <laughs> Devil's lettuce. Really? Dank broccoli. Ooh, I like that one. Fat kid crumb cake. <laughs> Bob Saget. <laughs> well, what? I knew he had some purpose in this world. That's that's true. That's a name. I don't know why, but that's a, a common name. So while wine producers typically pay day laborers around twenty dollars an hour to harvest wine, marijuana wow. I know marijuana growers pay about thirty dollars and in cash. Ooh, a little under the table cash mm. there, Mark. Well, I think it has something to do with the banking system and marijuana, but yes. <laughs> you think? I think so. Beyond the pressure on the workforce, some of observers fret that the wine sales could decrease for another reason. Wait, are you telling me that <laughs> wine grape pickers and marijuana pickers, the skill set is the same? Uh, well, that's what the article is saying. Well, I mean, they're day people are day laborers. I get it, and they're getting paid fifty percent more and in cash to pick just marijuana. just to go to raw labor. To, to yeah, to pick got marijuana it, as it, opposed to it. grapes. Thank you. So, a, a widely cited report late last year indicated signs that cannabis sales were hurting demand for alcohol across states oh, where oh, marijuana oh, oh. was legal. Oh boy! I know. This oh is, here boy! Here go. come the big guns, I, Mark. You got that right. Regarding beer. Big domestic brands like Bud Light and Coors Light appeared to face the greatest competitive threat to cannabis, while imported beers look more immune. <sighs> I think you're right, Joe. Oh, they are getting in the crosshairs right now, Mark. Nobody cares. Big about- alcohol is going to be shooting some uh-huh. you know, rounds in their direction. Nobody really cares about legalizing pot, but now oh. hold on to your hat. I bet all those studies showing medical benefits for pot, yeah. well, those are going to be gone now, discredited. Exactly, because it's hurting Budweiser. There, there so. was a, that reminded there. I'm reading a book that talked about a small town in Wisconsin that had put up a billboard. The town put up a billboard. They were so sick 
of people dying from alcohol-related deaths, they put up a billboard that had a beer bottle that looked like a syringe. And it said, you know, beer is a drug or don't do drugs or something, right? Okay. Well, oh boy. <laughs> the uh, alcohol uh, unions in that state and, oh, and distributors sure. can't, called up the governor and basically they sent in the National Guard <laughs> to put down, take down this billboard. But they entered into discussions with this town basically saying, look, you need to take down that, that board. You know, and <laughs> alcohol, and, and you the, guys, and is in, not a drug. And, and in the end, they did <laughs> wow, take did down they? that board. Wow. Or I it. They said, do it voluntarily or we're going to, you know, turn your <laughs> town inside out. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, yeah, I mean, they're a very powerful group, extremely yes. powerful. Yes. And I think they probably thought they didn't have a dog in the fight. But now it turns out that they just might. Well, what they needed to do 10 years ago is buy into all the manufacturing plants and growing fields and growers and right the problem is th that this is a plant that can just grow in the woods it grows it's anywhere. a weed and it just so happens that it grows in places like colorado which grows well it also grows well in north carolina by the way and so uh yes. yeah Man, now that would have been a great thing when the tobacco industry came under fire right right uh they should have just replaced it with, with pot. Our tax base would have been incredible. I mean, look, I know there are definitely arguments against it, but uh, uh, it would have, uh, a tax base would have definitely gone up. Absolutely. I could see that happening here uh, sometime in the next, you know, five to 10 years, Mark. I agree. I think it's going to happen. All right. Joe, as you know, the easiest way to drink anything is with a tiny straw out of a juice box. <laughs> When you drank a juice box, did, were you one of the guys who would sip it, one of the kids, right, who would sip it, or would you squeeze the box to force it out through the straw? I was not allowed to have juice boxes. Oh, the son of a dentist. I grew up in a vegetarian household, the son of a dentist. <laughs> I had no juice boxes. Well, wait, it had, had nothing to do with vegetarian. Well, or sugar. I just, I just didn't have it. I mean, I was not allowed to have it. I had... Water. Yeah, look, I I grew up very similar, and like like me, you learned about bacon when you visited a friend's house when you were like eleven. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I learned about juice boxes outside of my home as well. Right. Well, and today, you know, everyone you know uh, claims that well, the juice box industry, well, another dark, <laughs> ominous group in American <laughs> don't politics. Don't mess with them. Yeah, you know, juices are the best thing. Right. It's just sugar water. Yeah, basically, and, and it's horrible 2%. for you. Fruit juice or whatever yeah, nothing, it is, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, they've got their claws in in us as well, Mark. I know, but now you can rejoice <laughs> because, because Romania has introduced the world's first vodka juice box. I don't think we've had a <laughs> news story from Romania before. I know. Uh, well, you you're, you don't like me talking about North Korea. No, so, I don't so even I like don't, you to say the word. Mention, so we're going to go to Romania. I can handle that. Oh, good, because you vodka may, box. You may not know this, but most juice boxes have an alcohol content of 0%. Great. <laughs> I know, surprising. You on the wonder other, why their sales are in the toilet. On the other side of the seesaw is Scandic Pop Boxed Vodka, <laughs> which looks like a juice box and tips the scales at 37.5% alcohol Gracious. by volume. Finally. It's amazing. No matter how drunk you get, you, need, you needn't worry about spilling your drink. You just pop the straw off the side of the box, slap it in, and start enjoying. Wow. Yeah. This is great news. It's just straight <laughs> vodka. Yeah. So, I mean, our, it's straight huh. vodka. So Whoa. I, I, I think, wouldn't uh, child groups be upset about maybe kids not 
This is Romania, man. The kids are already drinking. Yeah, it's Romania. I guess it's not here. You know, that's why they made this product because kids were drinking out of cups and it was spilling, and the parents are like, ah, yeah. Can you please put this in a juice box? Right. And so, yeah, it's Romania. So everyone drinks vodka there, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like uh, Mexico. You can't drink the water, so you got to drink beer. Okay. You need to drink. uh, I mean, (laughs) well, you seem to know a lot about the uh, Romanian. Oh, I uh, can tell you more. Water. Uh, system. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, could you? <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Well, Next, well, I did. I did the Cuban. Uh, I did the Cuban wine industry earlier, uh-huh. and I'll do the Romanian water system next week. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> One criticism of this vodka has been the difficulty customers have experienced operating these small straws on their second, <laughs> on their second or third juice boxes. <laughs> the first one, yeah, you got it. Oh. But the second one. Your, you know, your, <laughs> your precision is a little off. <laughs> oh yeah, I once tried to open a bag of chips six beers in. Yeah, and it was a disaster. <laughs> well, that's right. So uh, some people have resulted in using knives to bust into the box, <laughs> which is not recommended by the man- manufacturer. So you can see how this is just turned. Oh, they're gonna get that vodka one way or another. Right, and like, oh my yeah, gosh. like where's that straw go? <laughs> they're stepping. Just on it, out your you know, knife. burning it. I mean, you know, they're getting into that box. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't such a great idea. Well, let's not go that far. Okay. I think it's great. Well, I don't think you can buy it here, but maybe we'll see if there's some special you can, way. It's so funny, isn't it? You can buy air, airplane bottles here, right. which look like miniature real bottles. I know. And it's. I'm sure there's just some board that legislates all alcohol activities of that sort in North Carolina. Most states have this. Yeah. And they tell you, you know, out of the good of the community, Mark, that, you know, we can't market them in juice boxes, for example. Right. It's got to be in a something that looks like a bottle. Yes. I mean, come on, people. It's alcohol. <laughs> yes. However well, it comes. You know, and then whatever you have to do to make yourself feel good about it. Sure. I mean, just don't put, you know, don't slap pictures of kids on it and, you know, don't do things that will obviously cause problems. Yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Joe, speaking of that, which state do you think has the most restrictive alcohol laws? Well, I did mention this in the wine news intro. The state name. But if I had to logically come to this conclusion without knowing the answer, I would say Utah. Wonderful. Yeah. Good guess. Yep, that's right. Because Utah is the state that has the most comprehensive level of state control. See, I figured right next to the den of sin of Las Vegas be. would be the valley of not sin. Yes. Well, <laughs> right. Right? I mean, normally things like that go next to one another, good and bad. Like, there was a a strip joint uh, towards uh, Raleigh, or not Raleigh, Burlington. uh We all saw it. It was uh, right uh, as you're heading into Burlington, off of 40, if you're heading west. Is that still there? No, it's long gone. You know why? Why? Because a church was built right next to it. Wait, church was but that was and there they first. coexisted oh, they for did. like six months. Oh, I see. Until they ran them out. Is that true? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man, it's hard to live in North Carolina. Okay, what? so. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, I t- think the two do go together well. 
Yes, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, a night night of sinning needs a a day after of repentance. Yeah, it's a whole yin and yang. It's like Mardi Gras around Lent and that kind of thing. So So, what in the world is Utah doing? Okay, so so you might not realize the weirdness behind, behind Utah's alcohol laws, but I'm going to tell you about this. And you're going to, whatever state you're in, because we are listened to in many states, uh, if you are, uh, if you, you think it's bad where you are, think about Utah. What mm. they, what they're doing. So in Utah, learn me. Children aren't allowed. First of all, children aren't allowed in Utah bars, but they can dine in restaurants serving liquor. To spare their virgin eyes, state lawmakers mandated any new restaurants that opened after 2009 mix alcoholic drinks behind a seven-foot, two-inch partition wall. That's going to work. Some Utahns <laughs> refer to the partition as the Zion Curtain. <laughs> so you get that? So if you're in a restaurant and you're mixing drinks, you can't make sure any kid sees you do that, and you have to have a giant wall separating you and the restaurant. Wow. I know. That's interesting. You know, what do you think of that strategy of hiding uh, things you don't want kids to do from the kids? That never works. I mean, right? come on. You know, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, it's always the sons and daughters of preachers right. who go on to be the craziest people you knew in high school. You might as well just see what is out there and just you know instruct them between good and bad behavior. But that's just my thought. Anyways. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Obviously, Utah feels differently about that. Mark. They do. Another law they have, heavy beer is kept in state-controlled stores, and heavy beer <clears throat> is defined as above 4%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Ice House I is mean, in a state-controlled warehouse. I mean, is there beer that's 4%? I mean, that is really low alcohol by volume, isn't it? I don't even know, but that... so. Oh, yeah, that's really low. Really low. Really low. It, Some of the light beers... What do you say, 4%? 4%. Yeah, what's, what's Bud Light? Well, Bud Light is like... Uh, Three or four. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. so you can sell those. But you anything higher than that, which is, I guess, 90% of the beers and oh. all the craft beers, Oh yeah, you have to buy in a state-controlled store. Wow. That is interesting. So, um, <laughs> but, but that law does not extend to uh, hard cider. No, of course not. I don't well, you know why. Because apples are in the tree of Eden in the Bible. Do you think that's why? I'm sure of it. There's got to be a religious aspect to it. <laughs> well, without any knowledge, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on the Winefellers. No, I, I think that's right. So in Utah, some uh, the state dictates how much liquor bartenders can pour in drinks. Bars and restaurants must use metered systems calibrated to dispense no more than 1.5 ounces of the primary liquor into one cocktail. Okay. Bartenders can add secondary alcohols as long as the beverage does not succeed. Exceed. Exceed. You're right. I got your back, Mark. Exceed 2.5 total ounces of spirits. This Cuban rum is taking hold. <laughs> it is taking hold. Well, so no Long, I- no long Island iced teas. Because that, that's several alcohols there, which usually in, includes five different liquors and relies on a small amount of mixers. You can't, there's a lot of things you can't buy just because you can't have more than 2.5 total ounces of spirits. Could you have them make you half of the drink in one glass and the other half in another? No, they've looked into this. You can't because you can't buy more than one drink at a time. Nah. Of course you We can. have that problem here, too. You can't, is that true? That you is know? absolutely true. Oh, they okay. cannot serve you 
Like, uh, here's the funny thing. You can't, I could not walk in and buy two beers, okay? Okay. But I could, I could buy a pitcher. Right. But they could only give me one glass. Right. It, uh, it's, it's the world of nonsense, Mark. It is. Okay, well, th- well riddle, riddle me this. I will. Why are, is Utah not allowed to sell liquor bottles smaller than 200 milliliters? Why are they not, not allowed? allowed? So it's really small bottles they can't sell. That's another rule. Here is why, Mark. Okay. Because it increases the purchase barrier of entry to a certain level. Uh-oh. They don't want people who have a dollar fifty in change in their pocket really? to be able to buy alcohol. I guarantee you. You think that's it? Huh? They want to raise the price. I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> they went down to two hundred. Why not make it a gallon? You got to buy right. a gallon. Yeah. And it's like, well, now no one's going to drink ever. Wow. Because you got to come up with fifty dollars to well, buy the the volume at which they'll sell it to you. That makes sense to me, but. Uh, I'll, I'll believe you on no evidence. This is it. That's the answer. <laughs> I guarantee you. Okay. Well, we'll have to do some research on that. Now, here's the uh, last one. Uh, bar licenses are scarce. At the most recent Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission meeting, 13 businesses fought for one license. One applicant said he has been waiting since December of 2013 and missed out again. Goodness gracious. I know. Why would you even open up? A bar in Utah. Well, you, I guess you, I mean I guess you don't because I mean that would be the worst business plan ever. But, I need a loan. Where are you going, son? Well, I'm heading to Utah. But I'm the, starting a bar. But the best business plan is if you already own one. Oh yeah. I mean, well, think about it. Think about and and if you own one, you're probably in favor of these laws. I would think. Well, you know, I bet a lot of the bars are owned. Uh, under the table, so to speak, yeah. by the distributors, by the the lobbyists who have made these laws. Again, without any evidence. Yeah, but you got to follow. <laughs> I, you got to follow the money, Mark. Yeah, you do. Right. It, it, this is not about what's right and wrong. Yeah. Right? There's so many con- contradictory things here. If it was about what's right, they wouldn't have any alcohol at all in the state. That's true. So it's a uh, give and take there. Well, that's the news. That's the news. Don't go nowhere. Yeah, listening to the wine phallus. I'm Dowie. Let's shake them up together. Shake them up? What's that? It's a great new taste of ice cold Thunderbird with grapefruit juice. Just pour the juice in the bottle and shake them up, shake them up, shake them up. Thunderbird and grapefruit juice. Shake them up. That's a shake them up. Wow, totally together. Thunderbird and grapefruit juice. Shake them up. Now you get some. Thunderbird and grapefruit juice. Shake them up.
proud to present a happy precedent. A super segment. It's Wine Fellers Special Event. Turn your radio up. Turn it up. Grab your wine cup. Go get it. Put on some makeup. Oh, yeah. It's Wine Fellers Special Roundup. Cork your wine bottle. Your brothel, brothel. Seal Seal that glory hole with Mark and Joe on cruise control. You've lost your wife and kids to cancer. Your life is on skids. You've got no reason to live. Let the wine fellers plant a blissful kiss. We're proud to present a happy president. A super segment. It's one fellers that believe in. You're listening to the Wine Fellers right here on WHUP Hillsboro. Up next, is that wine, beer, a marijuana strain, or did Mark just make that name up? Coming up right now. Hey, Joe. Oh, wow. We have not had a quiz-like segment of this sort in a long time. Well, it's not of this caliber, that's for sure. And uh, and I know you're a good quiz taker, and, yeah. I, and I, want, I wanted to try to trick you, and I wanted to see if you knew this. But first, before I start that, <laughs> I must say, that song... Joe, hey, was awesome. I love that song. Thank you. Fir- you wrote that. I wrote that song. That is that, really that, that one was written a long time ago. Yeah, but, it's killer. You know, uh, and like- I'm, I'm just <clears throat> that's one of the things I love here on the Winefellers is we get to drink and make music together. We do, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. That one just came out of the uh, old uh, archive somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Um, I heard it the other day, and I was like, I need to bring that one in and uh, share it with Mark. Yeah, I love that. So. Thank uh, you. But let's start our special. I'm worried about this quiz, by the way. No, but I think you can do this. No. I think if anybody can do this, you can. But I think you've probably found names that are going to be very well, difficult. Well, I tried to stump you. So the wine market is becoming more competitive by the day, and winemakers need to do something to stand out. It's, sure. It's laudable that the wine world is becoming less stuffy and elitist. For wine, it's no longer about the label. So it used to be about critter wine. Yeah, I remember that. It's not about it's that. Not. No. Actually, we're now getting to the point where cutesy and creative naming is most important. The label doesn't mean anything. The name is all it now. Huh? I don't know. Especially when marketing to that elusive group, millennials. Millennials. Interestingly, the importance of creative creative naming also equally affects, equally afflicts the booming craft <laughs> beer industry and, in certain states, the legal marijuana industry. Interesting. Yeah. So all three industries are are coming up up against this problem of naming. Very important. Well, because they all are marketing to millennials. Pretty much. And you know, how do you what do you have to do to get these people's money? So regarding creative naming, I want you, Joe, you need to tell me whether okay. this name it's whether it's a wine, beer, a marijuana strain, or did I just make it up? I'm ready, Mark. So I think it, but you know, and I think in order for a name to be useful and marketable, it should at least be able to tell you what's attempting to represent in the first uh, place. So it should be, if it's clear to me which it is, that's good. Then that's good. If it's not clear, bad. Now expect everyone in our Asheville market not to miss a single one of these. <laughs> so let's start. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So the first name, you tell me, is it a beer, a wine? Marijuana strain, or did I just make it up? And the first one is brunch money. 
Brunch money. Brunch money. Gosh, that is a great name. Yeah, it's good. It's like you never had your brunch money stolen. As a <laughs> no, kid. that's funny. I like that. Name. <laughs> so you know, obviously, whatever the name is, a stoner came up with this name. Well, I, well, okay. I don't know. I, yes, I know this. <laughs> okay. So what I mean, is a it? name like that? Okay, brunch money. It's not a wine. Okay, it could be a beer, and it could be a marijuana strain. So I'm thinking that uh, it's not going to be a marijuana strain because even though it does reference food, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'm thinking that it has more to do with, you know, what are people waking up and drinking around brunch time? Oh, okay. A beer. Okay. Right? So brunch money would be a clever beer name. Ding, ding. Yes! Armadillo Ale Works makes brunch money, and you are correct. Wow. Thank you. One for one. Yeah, so I should probably mark this up so I can count them. Keep score for me, Mark. Keeping score. Now, the next one, next name, is it a beer? Okay. A wine? A marijuana strain? Or something I just made up? Tell me. Booger Swamp. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, gosh. At first in my mind, it was immediately a wine. But then immediately a marijuana strain. No one is going to drink anything called Booger Swamp. You smoke it. So I'm almost ready to say a marijuana strain, but that sounds like something that would come out of your mind. You made it up. It is actually a real wine. Oh, what? Booger Swamp, a white wine, is made in the Yadkin Valley right here in North Carolina. Booger Swamp? Booger Swamp wine. How did... Do we have any more information on how that name came to be? Not one bit. That is the <laughs> that is not a good name for a wine, Mark. Well, that's really yeah. So you're one for two, and if you're just joining us on the Wine Fellers, I am giving my good feller Joe here uh, <laughs> a names of uh, that some marketing people came up with to market their marijuana, their wine, their beer, or maybe I just made that name up at all. And we have to see if Joe can figure that out. It's it's tough. I'm I'm uh, I'm fifth batting five uh, zero right now, Mark. You're one for two. <laughs> so the next one is batting five hundred. Yeah, Brian's mom. Oh, that's got to be <laughs> that has to be marijuana. Wait, you have a friend named Brian. I do. You do, and so is that? Would that be a name? That doesn't sound like a name you would make up, but it's got to be. I, okay, a wine. Think if it's a, if Brian's mom is the name of a wine, it would be made because like Brian's mom drinks a lot of wine, and we're gonna make a wine for her, and now we're gonna call it Brian's Brian's mom. Or beer is out of the question. Okay. It could be pot. I'm, I'm gonna. And that's a totally deep stoner, met, like triple meta sort of thinking. It's gonna be marijuana strain. You're right. Yes. Brian's mom is a marijuana strain. So you're 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 doing pretty well. See, you like how I'm thinking through this, Mark. So uh, if you're just joining, this us, Cuban rum is helping. It is. Can you tell us if you're just joining us on the wine fellers? Can you tell us whether it's a wine, beer? A marijuana strain or a name that I just made up, marketed to millennials. The next name. I'm ready. Schnazzleberry. 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 This is a trick question, Mark, because obviously you hear the, the word berry in it mm-hmm. and you're thinking wine. Mm-hmm. But it's never that simple with you. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> you made that one up. That is a marijuana strain. No! Oh! That supposedly helps you sleep like a baby. Huh. And they call it schnazzle. Schnazzleberry. Don't know why. Ah, man, I hate I missed that one, Mark. Yeah. How about- Are in, did you make up any of these, or is that just an option to throw me off? 
Well, I can't tell you. Uh, obviously, I can't tell you this. Okay. So here we go. All right. Ready. Next one. Heavyweight tickle fight champion of the world. Beer. Oh, you know that one. No, I don't. How I just thought a name like that. It has to be beer. How did you know that? It Because it remi- it's something a beer brewer would do. Really? Because if I heard that, I would have immediately assume that would be a marijuana strain. No, because no one can remember that name if you're stoned. Yeah. It's too long. Oh, that is pretty long. <laughs> like Schnazzleberry. Right, heavy, you remember right, Schnazzleberry. Right. Heavyweight tickle. Wait, what? Say say yeah. that full name again so our listeners can hear it. Schnazzleberry. No. The <laughs> <laughs> heavyweight tickle fight champion of the world. That's he- by Solemn Oath Brewery. I didn't even have to hear the content of the words. Wow. I just knew the volume of words meant it was a. It was some guy uh, brewing beer. Uh, with a, you know, he has some giant over the top mustache. Wow, you really got this. Okay, yeah. well, this might be too easy for you. Okay, What's my score, that? Mark? Uh, like one, two, three, three. Three out of how many? Mm, I don't know. Five. 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 Okay, next one. Okay. Excel, spelled E X C L, like the spreadsheet. E X C E L? That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said E X C L. Nope. Okay. Um, so the spreadsheet. Like the spreadsheet, hmm. Excel. Excel. Okay. It's almost exciting as calling something PowerPoint. Oh, I'm thinking this is some horrible name for a wine. They have a na- the, the other name is PowerPoint. No, I made that up. Excel. <laughs> <laughs> Excel. Gosh, this could be one you made up. I think that it's not a beer, but a lot of people who drink wine think that they're like doing good things for their health because of the chemicals that are in it. I'm going to say it's got to be wine. It is beer from <laughs> Illinois. That's a Bad name for beer. Excel. I don't like it. I don't either. It's too. What kind of beer is it? Uh, Excel. No, no. I'm not drinking beer to Excel. Yeah, it's too too. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like just computery. I don't know. It just well, doesn't. Not, like, but uh, like. Yeah, I don't like it. Ugh. All right. How about this one? Okay. Another uh, uh, I, another uh, drink or marijuana strain that is marketed to beer, wine, or marijuana strain. Marketed, or did you make it up? Or I made it up. Uh, marketed to millennials, uh, and you can say you also can weigh in if you think this is a good name or not. But cats pee on a gooseberry bush. That's disgusting. That's the name. We all know how bad cat pee smells. Now speak for yourself. Cat pee on a what bush? Gooseberry bush. I mean, these all sound like this is something you made up. This is a Sauvignon Blanc wine from New Zealand. Oh, I know. Why, Mark? I don't know. Well, they're marketing to millennials. I am, I am to- not doing too well here. Uh, what What could possibly be appetizing about a wine marketed as cat pee? I know. It's That was tough. Okay, this one. No, that, that was bad. That's just a bad name. This one I think you're going to get. You tell me. Bishop's Finger. <laughs> <laughs> not kidding that's the name oh yeah i don't know how to take that mark yeah uh, um not a wine definitely not a wine uh because it you can interpret this too many ways uh a beer bottle is kind of like a finger um bishop's finger almost like finger of god touch you in the mind this has got to be a marijuana strain it is a beer. No! Oh, from the United Kingdom. I should have gone with the beer finger. A beer from the United Kingdom. All right, well, this is, I mean, this is very tough. Bishop's this, finger. This yeah, is why right. I kind of question this whole, like, crazy naming thing that's going on here right nowadays, but. Well, no, because they don't, it's almost better if you don't know well, what it probably is. probably true. It's and like, I'm not It's a, like all I, the bars in Los, Los Angeles. They don't put any names. You got to know someone who knows someone yeah, who where knows. where it is, yeah. right. I'm not, and I'm not a millennial, so maybe I just don't get it. Okay. Ready? 
Tell me. Ass clown. <laughs> Can you say that on air? Yeah, it's okay. a name of a thing. So uh, oh, all right. It's all one word. Yeah. Uh, ass clown. Yes. Um, so I've heard of like, don't make an ass clown of yourself. This has got to be a beer. I've never really heard, you heard that using the sentence. But it is a beer. <laughs> yeah, And, it, and it's just that. 15 minutes out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, and it, it had to, uh, some fraternity brothers started the company, I'm sure. That was pretty good. Yeah, thanks. Okay, how about this one? What's my score? I don't know. I have You've been drinking too much Cuban oh, rum. God, you're making me count. Yeah, all right. All right, how about this? Let's, let's say I have six out of ten right now. That sounds great. Okay. Charlie Sheen. Pot. You got that. <laughs> and I don't, I, that I have no idea. Easy. I'm just like, Charlie yeah. Sheen. Like, I mean, if uh, if a brand of meth was on the option, I would have said meth. Yeah. That's you just got to go with the hardest drug yeah, that's, choice. that's probably too easy. Okay, yeah. how about this one? All right. Mitt Romney don't pay no tax. Oh. Really? It's either the name of a wine, beer, marijuana strain, or I made it up. And it's Mitt Romney. What? Don't pay no tax. Don't pay no tax. I'm saying beer. That is a marijuana strain. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I bet bet they just call it Mitt Romney, or Romney for short. (laughs) Yeah, well- I mean, you, I don't they, know. yeah, that's a long, that's a lot of words for someone to remember. It is. How about this one? Okay. Uh, thong remover. <laughs> oh gosh, that's got to be a wine. It is a uh, beer by Village Idiot uh, Brewing. <laughs> Sounds about right. And it's a Belgian style American beer. <sighs> wow. Okay, I thought it would have been a wine. Yeah. This. I mean, these are tough. So if you're just joining us in the wine, fellas, I knew it was an alcohol. You did. Oh, it's it had true. to be an alcohol. That was very good. Very good, Joe. So if you're just joining us in Winefellers, I am asking Joe to see if he can figure out whether the name is the name of a wine, a beer, a marijuana strain, or something I just made up that's been marketed to millennials. And I'm not doing too well. I'm six for five, uh, six out of whatever. Well, these are very difficult. Six good, these are very five. difficult. They are, they are. This one is hard here, coming up. Okay. Herpes Hellfire. Uh, it's hard. I mean, these are hard. Again, I'm thinking an alcohol here, right? Well, I'm t- you're trying to look for a tell on me, and I'm not going to let you know. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I can't read you here, Mark. I'm thinking it's got to be, uh, it's not pot, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but alcohol leads to a lot of promiscuous behavior, uh, which can result in something like herpes hellfire. Right. But then again, it's the missile connotation. So it can't be a winery. It's got to be more of a dude beer. It's a beer. It is a marijuana strain. No, I was completely <laughs> off. Well, I mean, I, but I like it. I like what you're doing here. I think so. I think you'll get this one. How about this one? Okay. Uh, mommy's timeout. Oh well, a wine, of course. Yeah, you got that one. And that's a real, a real wine. That's the name of a wine. Uh, <laughs> mommy's in timeout. Trump. How about wine. this one? Okay. Trump haze. Well, come on, man. Marijuana strain. Yeah, you got that one. Okay. I mean, purple haze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, happy ending. That's got to be a pot strain. That is a beer strain. A <laughs> beer strain. <laughs> that is a strain of beer. That oh, is an imperial. Happy ending. An imperial stout beer by Street Sweetwater in, from Georgia. Mm, not a not a great name. Yeah. I love Sweetwater, but not a great name. Well, it's not you know marketed to us, I guess. But uh, ah, right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> pure hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh. Is that a uh, beer? A wine or a marijuana strain or something I made up. I will hope it's something you made up uh, because I would not smoke or drink something called 
what pure hemorrhoids? Yeah, that's the name of it. Please tell me you made this up. Well, is that what your final answer is? You made it up. It is a marijuana strain. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many? Like the names on these? Yeah, things. but they're just trying. I mean, every there's a lot of competition out there. Everyone's, everyone's trying to outdo each other on these crazy names. I market guess so. And, and, and mean, if you're looking on, at you know? pot, a pot is a pot is a pot is a pot. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, you got to have something to differentiate yourself. Uh, against your competitor I know. to come up with some crazy name. I mean, you have to outdo each other. I mean, it's just tough. Grief. Uh, banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, why do I want to say wine? Uh, because it just sounds funny. I'm going to go wine. It's a beer. Ah! I know. Okay. I would do better flipping a coin for these answers, Mark. Well, this really sometimes thinking about it is the wrong thing. But it just it goes to show you. I mean, just, yeah, I'm just wondering about all this. But uh, how about this one? You'll probably get this one. Purple E. coli. <laughs> Purple makes me think it's got to be a pot strain. Yeah, you're right about that. It's a, right. it's a marijuana strain. Uh, how about um, Bill Clinton? <laughs> well, isn't that like Charlie Sheen? Wouldn't that just be a pot strain? Yeah, it's a pot. I strain. mean, we all know he he smoked but didn't inhale. Yeah, okay. Here this one, here's one. Fear is your only god. Wow. That's the name. I know it's crazy. I mean, I kind of have to it's just intense. absorb that uh sentence. No, fear is your only god. Is it a is it a marijuana strain? Is it a wine? Is it a beer? Something it sounds like a marijuana strain. But I'm getting your tell finally. It's oh. it's a beer. It is a beer. Yep. You are getting my tell. Man, I yeah. got to stop that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh and the last one is last one drum roll is it a wine is it a beer is it a strain of pot or did mark make it up when, and obviously i made up none of these yeah these the, are you th- all it was all real. to throw me off these are all have been real and the next one the last one head lice <laughs> <laughs> okay you know why i'm gonna a lot of these have been beer but you know why i'm gonna say this one is pot Mm-mm. because the crystals sitting on the pot plant flower must look like little lice dancing oh, around. Oh, you think that's why they do that? Head lice, C, strain of pot. You got it right. Yes. I think you got most of them right. Good job, Joe. Guys, you've been listening to the Weinfellers. Join us again next week. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Weinfellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies. Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky 
drink, drink, drink a toast to the sun, 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 W H U 